Welcome to our podcast for College Catholics, where we discuss faith and spirituality from a Catholic perspective. I'm Father Patrick. St. Philip Neri was uh, born in Florence in 1515. He became a priest and then he felt called to be an apostle or missionary in the city of Rome, working to bring back spiritual and religious fervor to the people of the Eternal City. This is why he was called later the Apostle of Rome. And he actually died in that same city in 1595. He was a great but simple apostle. He tried to reach out to people, finding them where they were at, in hospitals or in the streets, or engaging people in conversation and leading them to speak about the faith. He loved God and his neighbor with a fervent heart. However, his love was taken at one point to a completely different level. One night as he was uh, praying, he had a mystical experience. Something like a globe of light entered into his mouth and went to his chest and stayed in his heart. He was overwhelmed with the love of God. It seemed that from that, that moment on, his heart was actually enlarged. And indeed, after his death, doctors found that two of his ribs had been broken because of the size of his heart. The consolation and fervor that came from this experience of the love of God was so great that he felt always very warm even in winter, to the point that he would wear summer clothes even in the coldest days. The consolations of the love of God were so great that sometimes even his body couldn't take it. On one occasion, he fell to the floor in a church because the love in his, the love in his heart was so great that he said, I cannot bear so much, my God, I cannot bear so much, Lord, for see, I am dying of it. So that was the experience of St. Philip Neri. Now, I wish we could all have the same experience of the love of God as St. Philip. However, the reality is that very few people will be granted these extraordinary gifts and consolations. However, we are all called to grow as much as we can in the love of God. And this is what we will talk about today, the supernatural life of grace and the virtues infused by God in the soul. I'm sure you've heard talk many times about baptism and the graces that come from it. I learned it when I was a child in catechism class, and then later again as I was preparing for confirmation. I knew baptism takes away original sin and every personal sin that it also gives us the life of grace and opens for us the doors of heaven. However, my experience is that we don't grasp very well the deeper meaning of those graces of baptism. In, in fact, what happens in baptism is much greater than what we really think. So I'm not sure, but I think that most people consider baptism as a sort of uh, forgiveness for past sins and a sort of uh, registering as a member of the church but not much more than that. If we were to go a little bit deeper, we would realize that there is much more to it than that. I personally remember, when I studied a bit more the theology of baptism, that I was quite amazed at the huge gift given to us through that sacrament. And you might ask yourself what all this has to do with the topic of this podcast episode, and you might be wondering what the example of St. Philip Neri has to do with baptism. Well, my point is that through baptism, not only are we cleansed from sins, 
that is, all our previous sins, including original sin. And not only are the doors of heaven opened wide to us, not only are we incorporated into Christ and the church, but moreover, a whole new dimension is given to our being. And this, now that I'm going to read, is what the Catechism means when it says, Baptism not only purifies from all sins, but also makes the baptized a new creature, an adopted son of God, who has become a partaker of the divine nature, quoting the second letter of Peter, chapter 1, verse 4. That's from the Catechism, 1265, number 1265. Now, what this means and this is one of those things that are truly amazing about our Catholic faith and a good Catholic theology, is that God gives you a sort of new being, a supernatural being. He gives you a new life that is added on top, so to speak, on top of your human and spiritual and physical being. Just to give you a simple, very simple, very visual example, it's a very poor and limited comparison, but imagine that you have a car let's say, the most uh, basic Ford Escape, let's say, or a Honda Civic, very basic, with regular front drive and the smallest engine possible. Suppose you like the exterior design of the car, but you're a bit disappointed with the performance and the driving experience. The engine has no power, you don't like the seats, and so forth. So you make a big investment, and you change it for the same model, but with the largest turbo engine possible, with included GPS navigation, maybe self-driving technology, all-wheel drive, an advanced suspension system, powered and leathered seats, and a sunroof. Now you basically have a completely different car, although from the outside it might look almost the same as before. Well, so that's the comparison, right? So when we receive baptism, we also receive a completely new spiritual organism that is added on, given to us by God. We are given a participation in the divine life of God, or as St. Peter says in his second letter, we are made sharers in the divine nature. With that divine nature, we are given a supernatural life that is now rooted in our soul, and it comes together with all the infused moral virtues the three theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity, and the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. All this is given to us as in a seed that is now rooted in our being and wants to grow little by little to the point of making us resemble Christ more perfectly. The Catechism, again, says it this way, number 1266. The Most Holy Trinity gives the baptized person sanctifying grace, the grace of justification, enabling to believe in God, to hope in Him, and to love Him through the theological virtues. Second, giving them the power to live and act under the prompting of the Holy Spirit through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Third, allowing them to grow in goodness through the infused moral virtues. Thus, the whole organism of the Christian supernatural life has its roots in baptism, up to there, the catechism. So finally, uh, together with a supernatural being that is given to us through baptism, 
God himself starts to dwell in us as in a temple or building. And this, although it's not externally visible, is the greatest treasure we could possibly have. A hidden treasure, but an amazing one. This is why I shared the example of St. Philip Neri, because it gives you the idea of something that is completely given to us as a gift. In the case of St. Philip, it was an extraordinary gift, something not given to the baptized people, something not even given to many saints. However, in the case of the spiritual organism of grace, it is a gift given to everyone who is baptized, and in that sense, it can be considered part of the ordinary plan of salvation, granted by God through the redemption worked by Jesus Christ on the cross. Now, as we were speaking about uh, virtues and a moral life, I'd like to focus a bit more on what I wanted to highlight. And that is that apart from the acquired virtues, or natural moral virtues if you want, which any man can acquire by the repetition of good actions, through baptism, God gives us what Catholic theology calls the infused moral virtues, and then also the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The infused moral virtues are just like the natural virtues that we can acquire. They have the same name, like uh, humility, patience, uh, justice, uh, prudence, etc. And they dispose us to the same actions, but they are infused by God in our soul. And they have as a motor or efficient cause our reason illuminated by faith, prompted by grace, of course. So these infused virtues are, for example, infused justice, infused prudence, infused faith, and infused love, infused humility, infused patience, etc. But they are not acquired by the repetition of actions. They are infused by God at the moment of baptism in the form of a spiritual seed. They are like, the, uh, like a principle of operation, or a power to act, if you want. That when moved by our reason illuminated by faith, and with the grace of God, they can produce good actions that have a supernatural value. They glorify God and are meritorious for heaven. In theological terms, we could define them as the following. They are supernatural operative principles infused in baptism by God, which flow from the grace itself and enable sanctifying grace to produce its proper action. So, they are good habits or virtues that were infused by God directly through baptism. Of course, they still require that we make an effort to do good works, as they require our natural acquired virtues in order to act more promptly. But they are much greater than natural virtues because they open us up to the action of God and they allow us to be moved by God's actual graces. We could say that they are somewhat similar to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which uh, we'll speak about in a later episode, because they are habits infused by God that allow us to catch, so to speak, divine graces and be moved by them. But they are a little bit different from the gifts insofar as the infused virtues still function in a way that uh, still is more human or connected to the way of our rationality and our will than 
to the way of the action of the Holy Spirit. That is, they still require reasoning, deliberation, and so forth, and a certain, almost a little bit of our effort, right? So I know that this uh, might seem a little bit too much to digest in 15, 20 minutes, so I will leave it at that. In the upcoming episode, I will speak about uh, the most important of these infused virtues, which are the theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity, or love. Of all the infused virtues, they are the ones uh, that are more directed toward God. They have God as their proper object, albeit from different, uh, different points of view, faith, hope, and charity. They have different points of view. And they have the characteristic that they always can continue to grow. There's no limit, right, in how much you can grow. That is, you can always have more faith, or if you want, you can always believe more intensely. You can always have more hope or be more trusting ever, ever more. And you can always love more fervently. But we will leave uh, the description of these three theological virtues for the next episode. So thanks for sharing your time with me today. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And uh, it was great to reflect on these gifts of baptism and grace of God. I hope you can share this episode with your friends. And if you can, please leave a review on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. May God bless you, and we will see you next time. <music>